This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Yes, he is. But you know what? He gets better. He is good all the time. But you know, there's good, there's best, and there's better. You know? And the Bible says we go from glory to, and from faith to, so if we're going from one level of glory to the next, the next glory must be better, hadn't it? Hallelujah. And that's what, that's what God wants for his people. That's what we need in the church. It's not built on human wisdom or human ingenuity or by intellectual acumen, but by the spirit of the living God. That's what we're looking for. The church is to be a supernatural organism. We are the body of Christ, the resurrected one. You know, we have to cry out to God, church. We have to cry out to God. You know, and I want to encourage you before I get my message. Listen, let me exhort you a little bit. Listen, you know, on the Isle of Patmos, John, you know, said this. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. You know, it's good to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day, isn't it? You know, and sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit can just come in and boom, you know, you're in the Spirit. But let me help you out. Did you know you can help God? You can get in the Spirit on your own. By the help of the Holy Spirit. If, if Sunday morning, if you'll get up and begin to worship God. If Sunday morning, you'll get up and begin to pray. If you pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. So that when you get here, you're in the Spirit. So then when, when Vicky and the, and the worship team, they hit the first note, boom, we're there. Whew. Whew. Wouldn't that be wonderful? We're all in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. That's when God moves supernaturally. That's when you see the miracles. That's when you see the glory of God come down. Amen. See, if you got got three people in the Spirit and you got 30 people in the flesh, and then we wonder, well, I don't understand why church used to be this way and that way. Well, maybe it's because you used to be this way and that way. Just saying, I don't know. I'm just saying. But here's the thing. You know, are you hungry for God? You know, are you, are you thirsty for God? Are you, you crying out to God? You know, do you want to experience the presence of God when you come together? I do. Dear Lord God, I know you're not coming to see me. If you are, you're really disappointed. God bless your heart. We're coming to come into the presence of God. We're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. He dwells in the midst of His people. Amen. And He wants to reveal Himself in a greater measure. You think you know all there is to know of God? You think you have all there is to have of God? No, God's got more for us. Amen. Jesus said, seek and you shall. If you don't seek, you shall not. That's what's inferred, isn't it? Well, Turn to Acts chapter 2. Anybody know what we're talking about this month? The Roaring Twenties. I believe this is a decade when we're going to hear the roar of the Lion of Judah. 
It's going to be a great move of the Spirit of God over the face of the earth and here in this nation. I know some people have written us off already here in this nation. But I'm not, when I say this nation, I'm not talking about politics. Get that out of your head. Get that out of your head. I'm talking about people. God didn't die, Jesus didn't die for a political party. He died for people of all races, all backgrounds, all colors, all cultures. He died for every man, every woman, every child. That's what I'm talking about. When I talk about the day, I'm talking about people. I'm not talking about some political apparatus. I'm talking about the people. Some people have, you know, they've written off this nation, but I want to tell you what, there's a hunger coming in the body of Christ. I'm not saying everybody is. There's going to be enough of a hunger, enough of a people going out, crying out to God, seeking the face of God. We're going to see God move in this decade of the 20s, and I believe it's going to be a roaring 20s. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 2, very familiar scripture. I want to read it to you. I wrote it down here from the, live, from the New Living Translation. I'll read it from the NIV first. It says, <clears throat> when, they, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, just a little background here. You know, they had been praying and seeking God for 10 days, hadn't they? They put everything else aside. Now, that's hunger, isn't it? And, you know, here's the thing. Maybe, maybe you've been hungering for God. You've been seeking God. You've been praying God in your prayer closet, in your prayer time. And you seems like you've been praying for, for a long time. seems like you've been seeking God for a long time. But I want to tell you what. Your suddenly is about to happen. Amen. Amen. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I like the way the New Living Translation reads this. Listen to this in verse 2. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Yeah, I like the roaring part. Amen. The roaring of the line of Judah, the roaring 20s. There's going to come a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. I believe it with all my heart. It's going to come upon those who are seeking, upon those who who are crying out to God. Now, we've looked before in looking at this series, and remember we said that Jesus appeared to 500 at one time. 500 people saw the bodily, not a vision, the bodily resurrected body of Jesus Christ present talking to them. The unique Son of the living God raised from the dead, They saw the marks in his body. They saw his glorified body. 500 saw him, but only 120 were hungry enough to the day of Pentecost. So how much more should we take heed? You know, there's so much vying for our attention, isn't there? There's, there's, there's work to be done, there's careers, there's jobs, there's deadlines, there's reports to be made, there's kids to be raised, there's all this stuff, all this stuff. And, you know, and most of it, it's good stuff, it's not bad stuff, it's not sinful stuff, but you know what? It can absolutely crowd out the best. We know the story, you remember the story of uh, Mary and Martha, don't we? You know, Martha was busy in the kitchen trying to cook a meal for Jesus and his disciples. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? We all believe in serving, don't we? Well, that wasn't very much of an amen there. 
I said, we all believe in serving, right? Okay. I thought for a minute I was in the wrong church. But you know what? There's a time for serving. But then there's a time Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he said, what Martha's doing is good, but what Mary is doing is best. And so, you know, we have to be hungry for God. We have to cry out to God. We have to seek God. We have to do that individually as well as corporately, but especially individually. You know, stir yourself up. Well, everything's going good. I'm really blessed. Well, I'm glad, but you know what? There might be some people that yet need to be saved. There might be some people that need to be set free. There might be some people that need to be healed. Amen? There might be some people that haven't heard what you've heard. They're not blessed as you are blessed. So it's not just about me getting everything wonderful in my life. It's about there being an overflow out of my life to touch somebody else's life. Is there enough of an overflow of the love of God so that it's not just about me, it's about someone else? All right, I've got to get to my message here, if I can. The spirit of the Lion of Judah, the Roaring Twenties. There was a roaring sound. We just read that. The Holy Spirit will be heard and seen again in the church. You say, well, I, I thought the Holy Spirit was in the church. Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, the Holy Spirit is everywhere at once. Amen? He, he's, um, he's, he's omnipresent, isn't he? He's everywhere. He's here. He's in, while he's here in Pike Road, he's in, in, uh, he's in India. He's in China. He's in Russia. He's in Europe. He's in South America. He's in Africa. He's here. He's there. He's in every village, every town. But he's not manifesting himself everywhere. On the day of Pentecost, where did the Holy Spirit, where did he move? He moved in that upper room where people were seeking and crying out to God. They were, he moved first where people were hungry. It was the hungry ones. It was the thirsty ones. It was the ones who set aside their a personal agenda for enough time to seek Him, to believe God. And first He was poured out on them. And then from them, what happened? We know this. If you, you know Acts chapter 2. Peter got up and he preached. And then what? The Holy Spirit fell on several thousand. Somewhere it must start, Passion Church. One day you're going to come here and there's not going to be a place to sit if you get here too late. Did you know after it was poured out on the 120, then, then the Spirit of God moved through them and the thousands came in. Did you know they didn't meet in the upper room anymore after that? You know why? No room. I said no room. You know? And so, but it had to start with someone. There's going to be a pouring out of the Holy Spirit. I believe this with all my heart. That's going to begin at the, at the beginning of this roaring 20s. It's the Spirit of Jesus, and it's going to be poured out. And you know what? It's going to cause one of the things it's going to cause, of course, a harvest, but it's going to cause conflict. Look in uh, Matthew 5. <clears throat> In every nation, people group, however you want to say it, of the world, 
the culture has been tainted by sin and by the influence of the God of this world. There's no perfect culture here on the world, in the earth. A lot of good things about most, just about every culture, you can find some good things. But it also, it's tainted. You can't find a political system that hasn't been tainted. You can't find an economic system that hasn't been tainted to some degree. And so there's, there's, there's always been this opposition. Look at the early church. God poured out His Spirit there. We saw there in Acts chapter 2. Immediately what happened? Persecution came. There was a conflict. Even though Israel was a unique nation in that their whole structure was supposed to be centered around the worship and serving of the one true God. Historically, we know in our nation, that used to be, to a larger degree, that used to be the truth. I remember when I was growing up, you know, in school, I mean, every day, we, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E was right there on the teacher's desk. We, we read the Bible. We prayed in school. There used to be a time, you know, even if people, even if they were, were ungodly and they, didn't, they weren't believers, they wouldn't just get all coarse out in public and all that kind of thing. There was some respect, but little by little, what we have lost it. Not only here, but in many of the nations of the world. And there's conflict. There's conflict with the culture. And if you don't think, it's, if you think it's conflict now, you know, just wait till the Holy Spirit's poured out. Wait till God starts doing supernatural things. There's going to be a portion that's going to run to it, and there's going to be a portion that's going to fight it tooth and nail. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Absolutely. Verse 10, he says, Blessed are those who persecute are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Listen, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you in a measure, there's going to, like I said, there's going to be two responses. Some people are going to be absolutely drawn to it. Other people are going to persecute it. It was that way with Jesus, wasn't it? I mean, can you imagine, you know, in, it's hard to, as a believer, who would want to persecute Jesus for healing the sick? Wow. <laughs> because he set people free from some demonic oppression. He healed them of mental illness. He, he, he restored peace and joy. Who would, you would think, who in the world would be mad about that? Well, I'm going to tell you who. The God of this world. The God of this world who's influencing the minds and hearts of many who reject it. And so there's going to be a pouring out. We're talking about, you know, the roar of the church. And so when the roar of the Holy Spirit, the line of Judah, is heard in the church, then there'll be a roar of the church. The church always expresses its degree of Holy Spirit infilling and empowerment. Hello? Little power, little influence. Amen? Greater power, greater influence. Amen? With persecutions. 
You know, sometimes we kind of, we think, hey, you know, this is pretty good. I mean, you know, we can, we can come and we can meet and, and pastor can preach the Bible and all. And nobody persecutes us. Well, that could be good and that could not be good. <laughs> it just depends, doesn't it? I'm not saying develop a martyr complex, but I want to tell you what. When's the last time that the church so shook things up that, you know, there was some persecution? Thank you for that. There's always going to be conflict. Look at Matthew 4. You're right there. Now, Jesus had just been to the wilderness. He'd been tempted. It says uh, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Verse 17. And from that time on, Jesus began to preach. What's the next word? What? What? Repent. <laughs> for the kingdom has come. Now, obviously, this means, this is speaking to, you know, especially to sinners, but anybody with, about sin. But, you know, repenting can be more than just the obvious sin. Repentance means to change one's mind. It means to have a change of mind. It means to have that aha moment when all of a sudden you, you, the light bulb comes on. You're, you know, we've all experienced that, haven't we? When the light comes on, we say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, what is it that the Holy Spirit is saying right now? I need to align myself with what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. That's the purpose of repentance. It's not to beat people up and condemn people. It is to get us positioned into a place where we're aligned with the Holy Spirit. Instead of trying to talk Him into doing what we want, we need to find out what He wants to do. And, you know, if we need to change our minds, we're willing to do it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> Amen. Turn back over to Acts 2 real quickly. <clears throat> you know, after the outpouring, Peter is preaching. You know that. And after he had preached his sermon, it says the people were uh, cut to the heart and said, what should we do? And Peter replied, repent. What should we do? Change your mind. Change your direction. Change your attitude. Change your perspective. But there has to be change. If, if we're not seeing the, per, the presence, the glory, the power of God in our midst, in our lives, then I want to tell you what, God's not the one that needs to change. He is the Lord God that changes not. Amen? We're the ones that need to change. We're the ones that need to examine ourselves. We're the ones that need to seek God in prayer. We're the ones that need to stir up a hunger within us for more of God. So the Spirit of the Lamb, when it's poured out, there's going to be changes that come. Changes in my life. Changes in the church. Changes in our worship. Changes in the way we live. Changes in the way the world perceives the church again. And some will like it, and a lot won't like it. But that's, you know, we pray that all will like it, but we know, we know different because of what the Scriptures teach us. The empowered church. We're talking about the roar of the church in the roaring 20s. The roar of the church. Now, this presumes, of course, that we hear the roar of the Lion of Judah, the roar of the Spirit of God. And if we don't, we can just go right through our little old deal, whatever you want to call it, that we're doing and never see all that God has for us. I'm 
firmly believe, Passion Church, that God has more for His church here in America. He has more for Passion Church. He has more for every church that's preaching Jesus than they currently know than they currently have. He's got more He want more of His Spirit, more of His anointing, more of the supernatural, the signs and wonders restored to the church, an empowered church. Boldness and courageous to witness. You know, one of the signs of the Spirit of God ramping it up is boldness and courage. I remember... You remember when Jesus was, you know, you know, when he was betrayed, I mean, boy, I tell you what, those 12 apostles, boy, they were full of, not courage. They all ran, didn't they? I mean, Peter, he took it even further than running. I mean, he just cussed out a servant girl and told her, I don't know nothing about this guy. See, it's hard for us to imagine Peter cussing, isn't it? What do you read over there? He says he swore. Get all holy on me now. Y'all have heard somebody cuss before. Hopefully it wasn't you. 28-1. The wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous, the righteous, those who have received the spirit of the Lion of Judah. What is it? The righteous are bold as a what? As a lion. You know what? Because you've got the spirit of the lion. You've got the anointing of the Spirit of God upon us. I mean, Peter went from somebody that was shaken, you know, in his sandals and afraid of a little servant girl, afraid of being, you know, revealed as a follower of Jesus. He just stood up in front of the Sanhedrin. He stood up from whoever, and he said, I want to tell you what, you're the ones that crucified the Lord of glory whom God has raised up. Woo! (laughs) He just got all in their business, didn't he? He was bold about it. You know, in the church, we need boldness again. Listen, the spirit of Antichrist is running wild. And he is an intimidator. He wants to intimidate the body of Christ. He wants to intimidate God's people so that they will shut up that they will not be salt and light, that their voice will not be heard in the public forum, that their, their prayers will not go forth. But i got news for you. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And the spirit of the lion is poured out upon us. And the church is going to be empowered in the roaring 20s. We're going to give testimony to the resurrected Christ with signs and wonders and power of the living God. And it's going to make some sad, some glad, and some mad. (laughs) Amen. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Look in Hebrews chapter 2. Oh, you know. Where have all the miracles gone? Where have the signs and wonders gone? Are we just content to hear a good Bible lesson? I'm the one giving it, and I'm not happy with it. I mean, the message is okay. But, you know, if the Holy Spirit is not moving, if the Holy Spirit is not present, if the Holy Spirit is not empowering, I mean, you know, 
You just might as well get up here and beat on a tin pot. I'm not, I'm not belittling the Word of God, but I want to tell you what. We need the Holy Spirit as well as the Word. Notice what it says here. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. It says, God also testified to it, the gospel, by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Passion Church, this is what builds the church. Yes, we need the teaching and preaching of the Word, of course. Not belittling that. But we also need the Spirit of God moving with signs, testifying to it with signs, wonders, miracles, and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Paul wrote, he said, he said, I'm writing to you. He said that, you know, so that, you know, here's the thing. He said that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's the power of God when you die that's going to translate your spirit and your soul from here to heaven. It's the power of God that's going to raise up those bodies out of the grave and make them new and fresh. It's the power of God that's going to change this world into the next world. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. God is a God of power. Yes, He's a God of love. Yes, He's a God of grace. He is those things. He always will be those things. But He's also a God of power. And we need the power of God restored to the church, Passion Church. I want a testimony of the Holy Spirit in our church. That we we can't come together without the Holy Spirit showing up and showing out. Touching lives, healing bodies, setting people free. You know, I wish I could say it would happen just because we'd like for it to, but it won't. We have to long for it. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he said, earnestly covet spiritual gifts. Only place in the Bible where it's so, only thing in the Bible where it's right to covet. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor anything thy neighbor has, but it's okay to covet. (laughs) And listen, let me just say this. When he wrote that, he was writing it not to an individual. He didn't write to Clement at the church in Corinth for you to earnestly desire. He wrote to the whole church. The whole church body is to covet earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be present among them. And then the Holy Spirit will distribute as it pleases Him. Man, I'll be the happiest man alive if God decides to use you. I'll be glad to sit out there. Man, I'll, I'll soak it in. I'll rejoice. I'll jump. I'll, you know. Whoever He wants to use, it's not just the preacher. The presence and the glory of God will return in our worship. Mm-mm-mm. Look over to Second Chronicles. You know this one quite well, but let's read it because I, I want to read it, and then I want to make a point about it. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, you know this, the dedication of Solomon's temple. You know, they brought the Ark of the Covenant in to Solomon's temple, and it says, you know, the, the 
the, the praisers got up, the worshipers got up, they blew the trumpets, they blew the cymbals out, and it says that the glory of God filled the house so that no one could stand to minister. Boy, I'll be glad we have some of those where God ministers and not a man. We all out and He's ministering. Amen. The Holy Spirit can do more. He touches you. He can do more in your life than I could do in eternity as a man. He knows how to touch you in the innermost being. He knows how to touch your emotions. He knows how to touch your life. But now I want you to notice something. There's a principle here I want you to see, and that is divine alignment with God's will and purpose always causes the glory to come. Moses' tabernacle. When Moses finally set all the the tabernacle up, he set all the instruments in there. It says, the glory cloud of God came down on that place and nobody could come in to minister. When Solomon's temple, when everything was just as God wanted it, the glory of God, the Spirit of God came in and nobody could stand to minister. When all the 120 were unified in one place, seeking and hungry for God, the Spirit of God came down on them in such a measure that everybody thought they were drunk. That'd be a new ministry, wouldn't it? That would help people to get to their car ministry. (laughs) Divine alignment always brings in the glory of God. It brings in the presence of God. It releases the supernatural. When you and I, when all of us, individually and in corporately, when we align with God, when our hearts are right with God, aligned with God, I'm telling you, when we come in to worship, we come. We come in the Spirit. We come ready to worship. We're hungry for the presence of God. We come that way. I want to tell you something. You're going to see the glory of God come. You're going to see a fresh outpouring upon your life and upon the church. Listen, when I came in in the Jesus movement, I'm telling you, this is what it was about. There were miracles regularly. God was moving. People's lives were being changed, set free from drugs, set free from all kind of bondages, healed in their bodies, healed in their minds. The presence of God was tangible. What happened? You're, you're in the Old Testament there. Turn over to Joel. This is... You know, we're going to read this because this Peter, he uh, quoted this on the day of Pentecost after the Holy Spirit came upon him. Obviously, he'd been reading this Scripture, hadn't he? Obviously, he'd been looking at this Scripture. In Joel chapter 2 and verse 23, I'd like to read it all, but for the sake of time, we won't. Be glad, people of Zion. How many of you know that's us? Amen. The Bible says that, that we have come unto the spiritual Mount Zion over there in Hebrews. Amen. He said, Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the autumn rains, the former rains, King James says, because He is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. 
So here he's saying he's going to send you not just one, but he's going to send you both. A double outpouring, a double anointing, a double manifestation of God's Spirit. And he says, after this happens, the threshing floors will be filled with grain. A great harvest is coming in. Vats will overflow with new wine and oil. That's a type of the Holy Spirit's presence and anointing. The oil of gladness. Some people, you know, some people need some oil of gladness poured on them. Some people have been anointed with sadness. I'm not trying to... Listen, life happens, doesn't it? Boy, I'm telling you, if I, you know, I'm going on a few years now, and I'll tell you what, life happens. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But here's the thing. Where's the gladness? Where's the gladness in the church? You know, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. What happened to that gladness to come to the house of the Lord? Well, it's not, it's not totally people, other believers' fault. Maybe it's what's been in the church. I don't. And then he goes on and talks about, he says, I'm going to restore for you what the locusts have eaten and so forth. So the double anointing of the, the former and the latter reign is going to come upon the church in the 20s. And a new generation is going to be brought into the kingdom. You, you watch this out, Passion Church. There's going to come a new generation. A younger generation is going to be ushered in on this. And I'm telling you what, they're going to come in, and they're going to be yielded to God. And I mean, God's going to use them. And some of us that have been sitting on our blessed assurance, no, God's still going to love you, but you just, you'll be in God's retirement home. You could be in God's retirement zone. I mean, Caleb was 80 years old when they finally went in. He said, he said give me that mountain, bless God, I can take it. Amen. Hallelujah. Based on that, I got a few more good years. <laughs> Amen. Cities and regions will be shaken by the power of God. Look at Acts 17. We're talking about the, the roar in the church during the, the roaring 20s. Acts 17. Verse 4, some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and a, a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a, martin, a mob, started a riot in the city. Wow. Boy, I bet that made whatever headlines they had in those days. They riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out into the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and other, some other believers before the city officials shouting, These men who've caused trouble all over the world. One translation said, These people who have turned the world upside down have now come here. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather be in a church like that than a church where, you, they, you know, you tell somebody, you, see, you know, I go to Passion Church. Never heard of it. Where's that? Y'all here in town? Come on. Y'all look at me in that tone of voice. Absolutely. 
instead of them saying, boy, I tell you what, I've heard, you know, I've heard all kind of stuff going on. You know, some people will, will hear the good stuff going on. Other people will be saying, well, I heard over there, Charles, handling snakes and jumping chairs. and do, You know, but here's the thing. At least they hear something about us. Don't worry, we're not going to do none of that. But I'm just saying that's how people can hear. They started to write based on what? Lies and innuendo, didn't they? But here's the thing, something that was genuine had so stirred up the devil that he felt he had to start doing something to discredit it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So cities and regions shaken by the power of God, wouldn't that be something? I'm telling you, listen, I've shared this with you before, but listen, I've tasted this in a little measure on the mission field. I'm telling you, this is not some pipe dream. Man, I'm telling you, back in the 80s, God was moving this way in Argentina when we were down there. I mean, He was moving this way in the Pentecostal church. He was moving this way in the Methodist church. He was moving this way in the Catholic church, the the Baptist church. It didn't matter what the label that man put on it. If people were hungry and seeking God, I'm telling you, God was moving mightily. And I'm telling you, you could get up, read the baguettes, and see miracles. Not because you were such a great Bible teacher and had great doctrine and exegesis. I'm telling you, somebody, some lots of bodies in the body of Christ have been crying out to God and seeking God for an outpouring upon their nation. And I'm telling you, we arrived just in time. I, ne- I, don't, I never went anywhere minister that there weren't miracles. Never. Never. I said Never. Cancer's healed. I remember one, one time a little girl was healed of flat feet. God put arches in her feet. Boy, I never heard of that before. I never, I was like, okay. <laughs> and sure, and it, had, it wasn't about me. It was about what the Spirit of God was being poured out because a people were hungry and cried out to God. Dr. Sumrall, I remember, anybody know who, remember Dr. Lester Sumrall? Some of you young people, you can Google it. Great, great man of God. Changed the, the nation. Great apostle. Great man of faith. He said, somebody asked him, said, Brother, uh, Brother Sumrall, he said, why is it that, we, you know, you're always talking about all these great miracles that happen when you're on the mission field, but, but we, don't, we rarely ever see them here. You ain't never had that question. I had that question. <laughs> yeah. And he said, he said, well, I can tell you. He said, there might be a number of reasons, but he said, I can tell you the number one reason. He said, because, he said, because there, when people hear the gospel, they are desperate. They have no plan B. They can't get to the doctor. They can't get to the apothecary. They don't have any money. They can't do anything. They are desperate, 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 desperate for God. They open themselves completely like, if if I don't get it from God, I won't be able to get it. And I concur with Him. But here, you know, I know, I'm not saying that nobody has any problems, but you know what? 
if you think you're not blessed, go with me to Haiti. You don't even have to go that far. We can be there, real short flight, go to Haiti. I'm going to tell you what, you talk about poverty. Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. Listen, it makes the west side of Montgomery look like the most prosperous place you've ever seen. Come on. And so here's the thing. We, we've, we, we've got so much. We are so blessed. We are. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. We're so blessed that, that you know, the problem is it becomes a double-edged thing. We get comfortable. If you study the history of Israel as revealed in the Old Testament, you will see what happened, that, that God would move. They would, they would, the, someone would come in, whether it was coming out of Egypt or later on, uh, one of the nations uh, in the Promised Land would rise up against them and oppress them. They would repent. They would cry out and seek God. God would raise up someone. He would pour out His Spirit. He would drive them out, and a time of peace and prosperity would come in. But it wasn't long before they would backslide again, go back into their old ways. And then you see it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like wash, rinse, and repeat. It's true. Look at the book of Judges, especially. You'll see it there. It's like, well, see, here's the thing. We're human just like they were. And we're so blessed. I know we got problems in our nation. I'm not, there's no nation that doesn't. But if you think this is the worst place in the world, I can point you out to a, a little tour you could do around the world that might change your mind. But we're so blessed. And it's so easy for us to just, you know, Everything's pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I got money in the bank. I'm living in a pretty nice house. I got this, got that, got the other. And pretty soon, you know, our appetite has been stolen for spiritual things. Amen? You know, if you eat a, if you eat a gallon of ice cream before a gourmet meal, you're probably not going to appreciate that gourmet meal too much. Are you listening? See, we can, we can let other things uh, satiate our appetites to the point to where we have no taste for spiritual things, spiritual realities. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. Taste for yourself. Okay. <clears throat> All right. James 5. I got to close here. So we're going to have the Lord's table here in just a minute. Covenant meal. James. Turn over to James Chapter 5, we've looked at this before, I'll look at it one more time. I believe, along with all these things in the Roaring Twenties, we're going to see a greater awareness of the soon return of the Lord. When's the last time you heard somebody talk about the soon return of the Lord? Man, when I, when I got saved... And during the Jesus movement, man, I'm telling you, that's what you were hearing about all the time. I mean, you know, I was, I'm mean, literally, I was expecting him to come, you know, either tonight or in the morning. But now, see, we've, we've got the attitudes gotten into the church. Remember when Jesus gave the, the parable, you know, the, uh, the owner of the vineyard, he, you know, he, he got the vineyard set up. He gave it to people to, to watch over it. He said, but they begin to say, well, you know, the, the master's delayed his coming. So we're you know we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna mistreat 
the servants. We're going to get, you know, lazy. We're going to eat our fill. We're going to get satisfied with the master's table and stuff. And we're not really going to be all that concerned about it. And he said, what's going to happen? He said, the master's going to return in an hour that they did not think. And I won't finish the rest of it, but it don't sound good. A greater awareness, James 5, real quickly. Get there, verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. I want to tell you what, when you see this outpouring of the Holy Spirit again, I'm telling you what, and the harvest, great harvest coming in, I'm telling you what, you better get ready. You better be ready. Notice what he says, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble. Don't grumble. You know you can't grumble when you're full of the Spirit? Hello? (laughs) A greater awareness of the return of the Lord. The roaring 20s, the roar of the church. Here's the thing, Passion Church. I want us to be a part of it. I want us to be a part of it. I don't care who leads it. I just want us to be a part of it. Amen. But I want to tell you, it won't just fall on us just because we want it. There has to be a hunger. You know, and there's times when you have to cultivate a hunger. You cultivate it with prayer with seeking God, with waiting on God, with going to, to a, a new dimension in worship. So how do you go to a new dimension in worship? You begin to worship. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine sitting in a guy, picture this, a guy sitting in his recliner, you know, eating a quarter of ice cream after every meal. Just kick back, chugging a few cool ones. All the time he knows he's got a heavyweight fight coming up in three months with Muhammad Ali. That guy be just about north of stupid, wouldn't he? I mean, I mean, and he thinks he's going to jump out there. I mean, it's. I mean, they barely going to get time to. I mean, the ref barely going to get time to say start. And it's over because he's going to get hit one time, and that's it. <laughs> but here's the thing: in the church, we do that spiritually. Then the enemy shows up, and we're like, we're all surprised. Why did I get knocked down? I mean, I'll tell you what the surprise would be if that guy in that situation knocked Muhammad Ali out. Then I'd be surprised. But I'm not surprised when he gets knocked out. And you know what? That guy couldn't call up a former heavyweight to fight Ali for him. You have to fight your own fight 
We can encourage you. We can, we can, you know, we can pray for you. But you got to get in the ring. You got to face the enemy. You got to face him down. You got to stare him in the eye. You got to be courageous. You got to know that you got something and someone on the inside of you that is greater than the one facing you. Let me give you some action points. Begin to position yourself for the roaring 20s. If this message witnesses to your spirit, if it doesn't, then forget it. But if it witnesses to your spirit, you say, I believe this is the spirit of God. I believe this is, this is part of the timetable. I believe this is part of what God is desiring to see come about in the 20s. Then you know what? You need to position yourself for it. Isn't that right? Man, if you know calamities, Jesus said if, if the master of the house knew when the thief was going to break in, he'd make some preparation. Man, he'd get the shotgun out, get that dude loaded up. When he broke in, he's going to have him some surprise. Isn't that right? Well, if we believe this about the, this decade coming up, if we believe that God is up to something, great and grand and good in the church, then we need to position ourselves. How do we do that? Very simple. Get hungry. One of the ways to get hungry is stop eating the junk food. Maybe why you're not hungry is, is you got, you're eating too much junk food. I mean, if you're eating a pack of Oreos, spiritual Oreos, it's no wonder you don't want the spinach. <laughs> Oh, boy, I've gone to meddling now, haven't I? Hunger. Hunger for God. Hunger for peace. Hunger for His presence. Hunger for His glory. Hunger for His power that He has promised to the church. If not for yourself, for those out there who need it. For the harvest that is out there. For those who are out there that are bound. That are on the way to hell for eternity. Something needs to wake us up. And then also prayer. I don't feel like praying. That's the time to pray. It's easy to pray when, you know, when your emotions and everything's lined up. I mean, those times are great. I don't know about you, but they don't come nearly as much as I wish they would. Most of the time, I have to discipline myself and say, we're going to pray. Soul and body, we're going to pray. Yeah, but I'd rather do something else. Well, we're going to pray. Come on. I know Paul said we'd wrestle not against flesh and blood, but sometimes. <laughs> not somebody else's. Sometimes it's ours, isn't it? And then faith and obedience. Don't let unbelief rob you. Well, I know this is just good preacher talk. That's all nice, but you know, people have been saying the, that the Lord's going to come for 2,000 years. Yeah, that's just, you're falling right into that parable that Jesus gave. Oh, the Lord's delaying His coming. He's not going to come. And I mean, after all, Jesus is love, so if He comes back, He's going to overlook it. Hope that works out for you. Hallelujah. The roaring 20s. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray. Father, something stirring in my heart.
for your church. Lord, I don't want to just go about church as usual. God, there's a hunger and a stirring within me for all that you have for us at Passion Church. There's so much more. There's so much more. I know it. I know it. My heart is stirred. I know that there's so much more. For your church in America, there's so much more. Oh, God. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, and he said that it is God who is at work in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Father, I pray that the Spirit of God will begin a movement in our hearts, stirring us to seek your face moving upon us to cry out to you, O God. Father, put a dissatisfied satisfaction within us that we know there's more. There's more. People are hurting. People are bound. People are lost. God, we need the glory of God returned to the church, the power, the miracles, the working of the Spirit of God in our midst and, and through our lives to touch and to change our nation. Bring in the great harvest that you promised. Father, I pray that for all the people here, all the believers, those that are watching, listening uh, online. Father, I pray it for all of us, for the church here in America. Let there be a stirring again, a hunger again, a seeking after the living God as never before. That there may be a divine alignment between your people in heaven and the Spirit of God poured out. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We ask it and believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to partake of the Lord's table today. If you did not get the elements as you came in, if you raise your hand, the ushers will bring the elements to you right here, guys. Some. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.